welcome back to Weekly Specials. I'm Will Gadara, your host, and I'm so excited to have you listening. Well, I'll tell you what, it's been yet another crazy few weeks. And when you look around the world, it's it's hard to feel super optimistic. But that's a big part of what we're doing here with the show is trying to find the silver linings, the bright spots, and lean into those. Uh, because we need to have those moments of hope, those moments of celebration, those reminders of why we started doing this in the first place, such that it can motivate us to fight as hard as we can, such that one day in the hopefully not too distant future, we are all in a place where we're doing it again. Just recently, I had my first proper dinner at a restaurant since all of this started. I was in Chicago with my dad, and we went to Swift and Sons, Kevin Bayham and Rob Katz's restaurant, and we sat on the patio. And it was incredible. It was incredible because for just a couple hours, everything felt normal again. And listen, it wasn't perfectly normal. The waiters were wearing masks and so were we until we got to the table and the menus were paper and we had to download the wine list using one of those codes on your iPhone and all of this. It was not a restaurant experience like those that we remember from back in the day, but the hospitality, the sense of belonging, the sense of being cared for was the same. So much of what we talk about in our effort with the Independent Restaurant Coalition to save restaurants and to get government relief to get us through this has been the economic impact of restaurants, whether it's the number of people we employ or how much we contribute to the economy. But I was reminded that day that perhaps as importantly is the emotional impact of restaurants. In the hopefully not too distant future, when the world writes itself, whether it's through a vaccine or, or whatever it is that gets us to the other side of this, it will be that first meal where we are connecting genuinely with loved ones around the table that everything feels right again. The worlds that we create in restaurants are those that give people the feeling, again, if only for a couple hours, that everything's okay. And so that meal reminded me <laughs> how much I can't wait to get to the other side of this so I can start going back to restaurants a lot more often, but it also energized me to fight even harder because what we all do for a living. It's really, really important. So we're back with another fun episode. This one, a little bit more uplifting, celebrating all of the great stories that come out of working in dining rooms. So we're going to jump right in. Uh, want to stay in touch or learn more, visit us at welcomeconference.org or on Instagram at welcomeconference. Welcome back to Weekly Specials. It's the Weekly Specials. Doop, doop. Quick note on today's episode, there are going to be more than a couple four-letter words that begin with either S or F. And so if those kind of words make you uncomfortable, press pause now. If they don't, enjoy the show. Okay, I'm very excited today to bring back another episode of This Really Happened. It's really happened. It ain't no lie. 
It's really happened. You can't deny it's really happened, really happened. It really did. It's really happened. So here it is. A reminder, this really happened is when we talk to an industry icon, a visionary, someone who has helped shape restaurants as we know them in America, and hear some really good stories. Anyone of you out there knows that when you work in restaurants, crazy things go down. Maybe it's a bad service. Maybe it's a strange guest. Maybe, well, the possibilities are endless. And so we're going to hear a couple of those today. I'm really excited that our next guest is someone, well, that I've been able to call a friend for a long time, and man, do I wish we were in person for this one. Gabe and I were introduced years ago and set up on a blind date by someone, I don't actually remember who it was. We hit it off immediately. He is one of the most passionate people I know when it comes to hospitality, one of the most remarkable designers of restaurants that I know. He runs a company in New York City called Happy Cooking Hospitality. And as some of the most comfortable, homey neighborhood spots you'll ever visit, places like the Jones, Jeffrey Grocery, Simon of the Will, Joseph Leonard, Fedora, Fairfax, and Bar Sardine. He also, fun fact, for years held the title of having the longest welcome conference speech ever, which was eventually broken by Andrew Zimmern. But all to say, Gabe, I'm really happy to have you here. Welcome to the show. Wow, I mean, that, that sounded like some boxing intro <laughs> titles. I have some really disappointing news for today's listeners. What? what, um, what? I have to... That's not the note that, I, that, that we're supposed no, to start no, this on. It's fine. It's fine. It's an important note. I do think that there needs to be some fact checks that are corrected on some of your previous statements. Okay. Um, <laughs> Number one. Gabe uh, was taking notes while I was doing the introduction, and I was wondering what those were going to come to be. So go, go ahead. You know, call number, me out. Number one, nobody has ever referred to, nor should they, as an icon or a visionary. So I think that these are false and gross overstatements. I do think a lot of people would call me colorful, which perhaps passionate is an adjective that yeah. is synonymous with colorful. Yeah, yeah. Take, I'll take passionate, but icon and visionary, I don't know. Hey, here at Weekly Specials, we are full of bravado. And so, you know, just settle right in and enjoy the ride, my friend. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> do you have some, do, wait, wait, Alan, do you have good stories for us today? Well, good is a subjective thing. You know, I decided to take a little bit of a colorful approach with the question, this really happened. See, I want to colorfully put a spin on that and say, that shit really happened. <laughs> Apropos. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, boy, some shit has gone down in, in, in my years. So kick it off. All right. Um, we're going to start at a restaurant of mine called Fedora, located in the West Village in the basement of a brownstone. It's on West 4th Street between 10th and Charles. The year is approximately 2011 or 2012. A little hazy. It's around then. Okay. We've probably been open for about a year. I am somebody who, my approach to the interior design of Fedora has been a lot of photography and a lot of art. It has not been, you know, sparsely decorated. It's more been just a great deal of, of, of that. Wait, and real quick, 
One of the things I love about your restaurants is there's plenty of places you go to and there's stuff all over the walls. Everything in every one of Gabe's restaurants is intentional. So when you go there, you got to look at all of the stuff. And if Gabe's there, you got to ask him about those things. Because every little detail of every one of the restaurants has a story. And it's one of my favorite things about your places. Well, thank you very much. So a lot of the artwork at Fedora is the compliments of a very good friend of mine, a world famous photographer by the name of Jonathan Manion. And that's M-A-N-N-I-O-N. Jonathan Manion, I will say, is in the history books as one of the top three or four photographers of all time of hip hop. And that's obviously a subjective statement, but to qualify it for a moment, here's some context. He's photographed the first seven Jay-Z album covers. He's photographed album covers for every hip hop artist you can think of that's gone platinum, whether it be Eminem or whether it be DMX and not necessarily all album covers, but I mean, photo shoots of Outkast, Beastie Boys. I mean, you name it, Run DMC. He's photographed everybody. His personal catalog is like the Library of Congress of hip hop. He's bona fide. Through the decades. And I'm fortunate enough to be good friends with Jonathan. And Jonathan allows us to hang a lot of his art on our walls. So the story goes like this. That shit really happened. (laughs) One day, I walk into the restaurant and I notice that there's a piece of art missing from the bathroom. Now, Fedora has two bathrooms, one bathroom all the way up front, right near the entrance, and one bathroom all the way in the back. And uh, there's a piece of art missing from the bathroom near the front. I notice this, I, I come in, you know, whatever, one day of the week in the morning, and uh, Fedora's a restaurant that only serves dinner. So I was there, and, and I go in to use the bathroom, and there's a hole in the wall, you know, where art used to be. I come out, and I ask, like, hey, Anybody know what happened to the art? Like, did it fall off the wall? Did the frame get cracked? Did the glass break? Like, did somebody go put it in a safe place? What's the story with the art? Everybody's got blank faces. I don't know. Like, and this initially irritates me that there's a seemingly lack of awareness that art is missing. I'm going to give the staff like a little bit of a pass that it was in the bathroom. Like, I would like to believe if somebody took art off of the main wall in the dining room, You might have noticed that hole, but nobody noticed that there's a piece of art missing from the bathroom. But there is something about when it's your restaurant and you walk in a room, you see the one thing that's imperfect right away. It's impossible to not see. Impossible, right? And so I'm asking, I'm sending emails, I'm making phone calls to everybody that was working last night. Anybody anybody got information where my art is? And by my art, I mean expensive art that's on loan to me from Jonathan. So I'm like, especially, you know, where the fuck's this art that I'm borrowing? Like, I definitely need to keep tabs on this stuff. It's valuable. Nobody's got any clue. All right. Well, fortunately for me, I have video cameras everywhere. And I Hmm. fucking love it. I got video cameras crisscrossing that whole fucking restaurant every which way you can look. Wait, you have video cameras in the bathroom? 
Ah, uh, no, come on. Not, <laughs> not in the bathroom. But I'll tell you what, I got a whole lot of angles of the dining room. And I got a lot of angles of the dining room. So I'm watching the tape from the whole night. And lo and behold, at around, I don't know, 11 or 12 o'clock, there's a group of dudes, uh, I think three, maybe there was four of them. They're hanging out at the bar stools all the way at the front. So the Fedora bar is, uh, it's got one short end near the front. It's got room for about four stools. And then it's got a very long run that's got room for about another dozen. So they're on the little short run right near the front bathroom. There's two guys sitting in bar stools. And then there's either one guy standing or two guys standing. But they're, you know, like they're making a little group that's hanging out and they're just having drinks. They're not having dinner. It's towards the end of the night. I don't know. It's 11 or midnight. And what I see is I see at some point on the camera, one of the guys goes into the bathroom with a backpack on. And he's got one of those backpacks. It's like a bike messenger backpack where it's like this huge, like heavy duty Gore-Tex plastic that like you roll on the top and kind of seal. This guy goes into the bathroom with a backpack, which in itself is not common. Most people don't go to the bathroom with their backpack on at Fedora. And he comes out of the bathroom and I can see the top of a frame sticking out of this fucker's backpack. And I'm like, oh, hell fucking no. I caught it. I fucking know that's the guy that fucking stole the art. It's the day before, it's at night. He goes in and the backpack was rolled up and he comes out and it's not rolled up because the frame is too big for his backpack. So I'm like, I got this fucker, right? Well, I'm watching, I'm waiting. He's tap, he's like tapping his buddies. Like he's doing this motion, like where he's like twirling his finger in the air being like, it's time to go. One of his buddies turns around, gets the check from the bartender and pays with a credit card. So it's not the guy who stole it that paid, but it's a guy in his group that paid. And mind you, these were people that walked in to just have drinks. So there's no reservation that I have the ability to track. I sit there and I go, all right, great. I know what position number that is. I got the timestamp from the video camera of around what time. So now we go and we start doing some cross-reference with our point of sale system. And we start pulling up, all right, bar terminal one is where this transaction was conducted. I know what position numbers I'm looking for. So I'm looking for every check that's been closed on positions one and two on that night. And then I'm looking for checks that were closed on positions one or two between 11 and midnight. I'm able to triangulate this shit. I'm I'm laughing over here right now because there's plenty of operators that would have seen the guy take the, the frame, realize that it wasn't him that paid and just kind of move on. Now, the thing, if you don't know Gabe Stuhlman, is that he is maniacal when it comes to this stuff. And so the fact that he actually did like this reverse engineering minority report approach to all of this is not a surprise to me. So sorry, keep going, keep going. So we find the signed credit card slip and like we see it's the number of, it's like, you know, the number of drinks because we can see exactly how many drinks they were served. Fortunately, the bartender rang everything in. I'm like, all right, here's a credit card receipt right at the time that I see somebody paying the timestamps on the credit card processing and the timestamp on the camera match and the positions match. And it looks like it's about the same thing. Like, all right, great. Look at the name on this credit card slip. Okay. What do you do at that time? At that time, this was kind of pre Instagram, but it was a time when Facebook was, was live and valid. Yes. 
So I Google the name and Facebook and I get a hit and I'm like, holy shit, this guy has a very famous sister who is a mega movie star. Okay, what are we talking? Like, will you, will you say who it is? Will you say who the movie star is? I will not say who the movie star is because that would give away the identity of her brother. And remember, the person in this story is not the thief. Okay, no, no, no. Okay, you're right. But then, then just, I I just need context. I need the bill. I need context. Are we talking like the actress that played Jesse Spano in Saved by the Bell famous? Or are we talking like Angelina Jolie famous? We're talking Angelina Jolie famous. Okay. Like we're talking, we're talking a world famous global box office star. <laughs> okay. is, is the sister of the guy who paid. Not the thief, but the guy who paid. So I'm like... But who is seemingly in on it, right? He got the, the little circling of the finger. We gotta go. He definitely... Yo, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, like, that's your crew. You're guilty by association. Okay, all right. You're guilty by association. You didn't steal it, but you're definitely party to the theft. Yes. So I go to this guy's Facebook page and I see somebody that I went to high school with is friends, you know, a Facebook friend with him, you know, where, where like Facebook shows you people, you know, in common. And there's like one guy I know that this guy knows. And I'm like, all right, shot in the fucking dark. But the guy that I know He's not just like any high school friend. He's like, he was a groomsman at my wedding kind of friend. He's like still tight in my life. So I had, I was like, that's fucking amazing. Like, this is my boy. I can call him and tell him the full true story and find out if he knows how I can get in touch with this guy. So I contact my boy and I'm like, I tell him the whole story about what I saw on the videotapes and how this brought me to the credit card slip and the credit card slip took me to Facebook and aha, there is my boy's name. And so I'm telling the whole story and I'm like, all right, do you have homeboys email or sell? And my buddy's like, I have both. (laughs) (laughs) So he gives me homeboys cell phone. I send homeboy a, a text message, very direct terms. And I say, hey, my name's Gabriel. I own Fedora. You were here last night. You paid for drinks. I have your credit card slip. That happened. Also what happened is your friend stole art. I have that on videotape also. Got 24 hours to make sure that art ends up back in my possession and I will not press charges or I'm gonna notify the police and maybe page six, and they'll both show up at your home so that you give up your friend. And I say, I know you didn't steal it, but I know your boy did. I get a text back maybe one hour later. There is a slight denial of guilt or party (laughs) being like, I have no idea about this kind of statement to just like, you know, clear his own. Yes place i'm going to look into it right away i mean you can't blame it that's 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 the textbook response that is the text that's exactly what he should have done it's the it's the (laughs) correct response i get another text about an hour later the art will be returned (laughs) (laughs) 
Wait, who brought it back? How did um, it get back? The art gets returned the next morning, like early. I wasn't there. No, nobody was there except for the, the morning, like AM sous chef, like prep cook. You know, they come by in the morning and I think they just sent it with a messenger service. Like, I don't think the perpetrator personally returned the art. But I do know the next day I got a text message from my AM sous chef saying, Somebody just dropped off a piece of art. <laughs> See, I mean. And we got our art back. <laughs> so, okay, I, I have a lot to say. <laughs> I have a lot to say. First, anyone who hasn't run a restaurant doesn't know that stuff gets stolen from restaurants all the time. At 11 Madison Park, demi-toss spoons uh, were the things that would get stolen constantly. And Were they like mother of pearl handles? No, no, no. Just like the little silver... Demi-toss spoon. I don't think people stole them because of their value or anything. I think people just want a souvenir from the experience. Different than stealing a piece of art from the bathroom, obviously. <laughs> and, and it's awkward. It's uncomfortable. I've said this before on the show. In dining rooms, we are taught to avoid any interaction that ruffles feathers. Now, Gabe and I have slightly different perspectives on that. <laughs> I, I, have, I, have, I believe in confrontation. <laughs> but so what we started doing, because I mean... I'd say 50 demi-toss spoons got stolen and some of them, like we actually saw them get stolen. And so we just started adding them to the check at cost. We weren't trying to make money off them, but people would ask for the check. We'd put it down. And then at the bottom of the check, it would say spoon, 50 bucks. And then you'd see people look at the check and then look at their guests and then pay because it's easier to pay than to actually reach into their purse and pull it out and give it back. But so, okay, theft is a thing. Actually brilliant. But I mean, the only way to do that is like, you have to have no, like- Yeah, you have to catch it in the moment. Yeah. yeah, you have to know that it got stolen before they pay. Exactly, exactly. So different people deal with it in different ways. But so there's two lessons here, I think. One is, and this is something I've learned from you a lot, just don't give up. You can figure it out and you can get the metaphorical art back if you just keep pushing. Amen. And perhaps the more important lesson is if you are an extraordinarily famous actress's brother and you are at a restaurant and your buddy is stealing art from the bathroom. Stop him. Pay in cash. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's... (laughs) Yes, yes. Oh God, they would have never gotten caught if he didn't use his credit card. If he paid in cash, you you would have been done. If he paid in cash, the story ends a lot faster. Thank you so much for tuning in and hope you'll join us again next week here on Weekly Specials. This show is produced by the Welcome Conference team, including Aaron Ginsberg, Anthony Rudolph, Sandra DiCapua, and Brian Canlis. And our music is courtesy of Aaron Raytier. Special thanks to our creative collaborators at Resi. And thank you to our longtime partners at American Express and Sam Pellegrino for their unwavering support. During a time when we're not able to come together in person, it's that support that allows us to connect with you here. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And to learn more about the Welcome Conference, visit welcomeconference.org or find us on Instagram at welcomeconference. It's the weekly specials. Weekly specials. Good news coming at you. The weekly.
special. 